0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 18 of The Fighting Goat, where your host and host Arjun A.K.A. E. Chippalkatti and me, Somesh Sufa Yubin Kamra, will take you through an exciting journey of what happened, what's coming up, not next week, but the week after that with Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor and a lot more other things like injuries, retirements, when to hang up our gloves, when to continue. Chips, how lots was last week. You know, what a card it was at <laughs> 1.30
1: a.m. I that, mean, didn't the time suit us? It was superb. It was superb in a way that, you know, 1.30. But the thing is now, I mean, I'm not 20 something anymore. I can't. If I'm going to be starting drinking a few beers at 6 in the evening, I'm yeah. looking to end it by eleventh foot. <laughs> I cannot do it anymore.
0: <laughs> the and usual eighteen-year-old <laughs> behaviors. No?
1: And the problem is, Mr. Kamra <laughs> and I got together for this card because we thought in our infinite wisdom, "Kr, 1:30 board is there. We'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> 130, 2:30, 3:30, 4:30. Plus, if heavyweights honge, jaldi jaldi knock hoga and all that." Jazz. <laughs> But alas, we got together by seven o'clock in the evening, and by about twelve, we started sparring (laughs) (laughs) because in anticipation of the card, put on our gloves. And no, but you know what? See, check out the videos; they're going to be uploaded soon. We may be old, Mm -hmm. but still got it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we are. You know, we are reaching. You know, we're slowly. You know, ticking towards that forty mark, but still sparring. You know, sparring on your terrace was absolutely amazing. It, am kind, you know, it kind of just woke me up. It kind of just <laughs> yeah, woke we, me we up. Yeah, we kind of we we woke up after that. We were like, come on! And then surprisingly, some fights put us to sleep,
1: which is very <laughs> normal. But eventually, it started. But before we get to the UFC, I'm still I'm watching Sumej, Yeah, the uh, the BKFC the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Oh man, is Those growing so exponentially because the kind of fighters that are coming in, guys like Joe Riggs, guys like uh, uh, former UFC and Bellator. Where Chris Lieben is there now? Chris Lieben is there. I think Paige Van Zant is there. Paige Van Zant is there. Yes, man. There are so many. There are so many stars that are going. Hector
0: Lombard was there. Hector Lombard yeah. fought last week. Well, uh, I think I think Hector Lombard even had some post fight <laughs> scuffle. <laughs> yeah, he did. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, that's the thing that you don't walk
1: up to Hector Lombard. You don't get into his face. Man, Absolutely. He was, yeah. he was swinging. He landed a one-two combination, and he was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Yo. I'm like, "Wow."
0: Crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> but
1: that thing is catching a lot of traction. And Man. one would think, you know, it's a, you know, gloves, you know, softens it up. The damages, the injuries.
0: Right. But right. their
1: knuckle is just
0: brutal. It's just well, taped it hands. Is. You know, there's this, there's this former teammate of corner called Artem Lobov. Oh, who, yeah. Who apparently is performing really well. Dude, he, he beat Pauli Malinanji. He, Former he did. Boxer. Yeah, he did. And in fact, we also have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Gabriel Gonzaga and Bigfoot Silva. Yes, I remember. In pen up yeah. yeah, mm. You know, that that sport is just growing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if it's regulated. But uh, uh, you know, I think it's
1: regulated only in, in very few states. Okay. Okay. <laughs> very, very few states. I mean, it's the closest thing we come to see. Remember watching Bloodsport with Van Damme as a kid? Oh, man. Like, that was that, it's, that was it's brutal.
0: That the was brutal.
1: closest it comes closest to that because you know it, it's just it's just the it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. I will There's nothing. Go check it out. That's what yeah. I'm saying. If you're a <laughs> Just Bleed fan, you will see a lot of blood. Yeah, Just Bleed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a Just Bleed fan. In fact, I still go back on YouTube and watch the first, second, third UFC, you know, where they don't have any gloves, no rules. Or you even you under know, Art, De- Art, Art role, Davies. Art Davies, you know, and yeah, there are I guys, you know, that. who are kind of punching each other in the balls and still it's going on. I you remember know? that, dude. It was, it was, and and Big John was one of the
1: first referees there. Yes. And he's yes. looking and he didn't know what to do. Yeah. Because I'm like, there are no rules. Apart yeah. from, you know, fish hooking and eye gouging, there were no rules.
0: Correct. There were no do, rules it? The rules are, there are no rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I'm you know, so happy. Those days have gone. To be honest, you know there was, you know there was a time when the UFC had started, and there were no time limits. Also, it was the first guy who falls is the guy who loses.
1: I, I guarantee there's one person who loves those rules, Nate Diaz. Yeah, because he doesn't get warmed up. You know, you know. Funnily enough, uh, this week when we we're discussing the things that happened this week, Firaz Zahabi, uh, yeah. there was a question posed to a lot of these coaches saying yeah. that you know, in a real street fight, yeah, which MMA fighter would really win? And they, a lot of people have come up saying that, you know, in a real street fight where you had to fight to the death, where there was mm-hmm. no time limit, Nate Diaz would be the most dangerous fighter because you're not going to submit Absolutely. this guy. You're not going to submit this guy. You're not going to knock him out. And he keeps coming at you with constant volume till you break. And he even said that if there was no time limit on the Leon Edwards fight, Leon would have fallen. And he has a lot of respect for Leon Edwards.
0: Right, right. In fact, in fact, do you think something like a Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson would be a huge crowd puller? I think I think the only winners
1: are the crowd. The only winners. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it won't yeah. even matter because at their stages of their career, I think see Tony, it was bittersweet because he had five opportunities that fell through for the championship against Khabib. Right. And right now he's on, he's what, 37, 38. Right. And he's looking a little Worse for wear, I would say. Right, I right. I mean, he's still elite, but he's not looking what he used to be anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. I and couldn't I, agree more. And I think him versus Diaz, they they have cardio for days. They're both wild men. Right. They both don't get started till they start bleeding. Correct. Or in Tony's correct. case, his arms and legs get dislocated.
0: Maybe. Correct, correct. And uh,
1: <laughs> I think it would be, it would just be one of, It would. I think it could match the level of Stefan Bonner versus Griffin.
0: Oh man, that's you know that's a huge compliment. You know, so guys, if you think you want to see a Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson, please hashtag us, tag us, yes, please. tag the UFC. Let's see if we can get this suit to the matchmaker sometime, maybe in November, December on a pay-per-view. Mean, I mean, you but- know, anyway, the Sony
1: guys make fun of us saying that uh, we've got the direct tap to Nick Maynard and Sean yeah, Shelby. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> might as well take use of it. <laughs> Oh God! But But, yeah, you know. Any further ado, my friend? We must get to what happened this week.
0: Oh man, you know it was a great card, great timeline. But you know the fights were great. I really loved most of them. It's just the main event that got me a little sore because I was expecting more from Cyril Ghan. But leaving that aside, you know the fights that I would really like to speak about is Henato Mosiano versus Herbert which is the opening fight of the card which is excellent uh, also Andre Feely versus Daniel Pineda touchy fily was, was so good so good man he was he was complete he was dominating that fight he was going so well till that i poke but again you know mystic chips and me have a different perspective of that yeah. you know uh, pineda wanted to continue but yeah and then comes to the co main event Tanner Bozo versus OSP which is another great fight and there was some controversy out there and of course then we go on True. to the main event of the evening in the heavyweight mm-hmm. Frenchman Cyril Gane versus Drago Alexander Volkov but how good was Mociano versus Herbert and that round 2 rear naked choke how how smooth was that
1: it's just you know you you know we sometimes see disparity in striking and grappling yes between yes. fighters and
0: I was um, just going to say that, in fact. <laughs> it's it's
1: <laughs> it's crazy. I think he had, uh, he got into the mount like about 40, 50 times in the first minute. Yeah. yeah. Easily, I, at least, you know. And <laughs> it just looked like the fight had started on the mountain. Like it, there was no time because because Jay didn't get a chance to, you know, get that striking right. started. And you see that with a lot of these, you know, there are a lot of these English fighters, like guys like Bisping, they work so hard on takedown defense. Yes. You know, they just, like you'll never see Bisping submit anybody or, go, or very rarely would you see him on the ground. He'd always right. be standing. And because they, right. are, they are such good boxers and kickboxers. And right. Jay was getting the better of the stand-up and immediately Moisano just took him down. But you could see the difference in the grappling and he the and in the second round
0: he decided not to fool around anymore, locked it up, got that rear naked, and got the win. But you know, there were there were a lot of people who wrote to me on Instagram and Twitter saying that <laughs> when Herbert tapped out, he actually tapped out within maybe half a second of you know Moseno you know, actually getting that rear naked. Do you think that's a smart move, or do you you know need to prove your toughness and hang see, in there and the see the kind of the kind of rear naked choke that he had gotten in
1: was he had gotten his hooks in, he had got his back and he was at an angle. Now, you know, on the first day of class, in Jiu Jitsu classes, as an as a opening white belt,
0: they, yeah.
1: you know, you they, they put the choke on you. They choke you out to let you know what it's like. Right. And right. it's that undefendable position. Once it's locked, it. you really can't do shit. Got because, it. you know, you usually defend the rear hand, but you have to catch it before it goes and locks behind. Right. And right. if you right. and he didn't even have a hope. There was no nothing there. Then why suffer? Why go into? Why
0: get? Why go get knocked out? Go go out cold. You know when you know it's not a very valid point. That's a very very valid point. But I feel you know off late it's become this sport has become more of a marketing sport. Where you don't really have to be a good fighter, but you also have to be a marketable fighter. So what? I mean you know in the eyes of the matchmakers, in the eyes of the UFC, in the eyes of the fans, they would look at Herbert as someone who tapped out very easily versus someone you know who never taps out and just goes out cold. You know, so even even though the result stays the same, and I feel that da- you know the damage is in the latter. If you really don't tap out and you go out cold, the damage is more. But I feel somehow that earns you little bit more of brownie points out here. I don't maybe, know if it, maybe, but you know, I don't mean, know if it's a good thing for a fighter. But I do know in the eyes of the matchmakers and eventually the fans, they always feel, dude. This guy did not tap out to this guy, is such a tough guy, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, but the thing is the the thing is that it depends, you know, depends on the nature of the choke, it depends on the nature of the move. If you don't tap out to a knee bar, you're an idiot yeah. because you're, you're going to, if oh, you don't yes, tap yes. out to a heel hook, you are a massive idiot. You're going to lose that knee. You're going to lose all the tendons and muscles adjoining that knee. You'll be gone. Your career will be shut, shut down for a year and a half. And well, guys, are calling you like,
0: Tony an idiot.
1: No, I'm never going to call anybody an idiot. He's, but I would say sometimes he's too tough for his own good.
0: He's too tough. Yeah. He's too he's tough. He's just
1: ridiculously tough. Like it's like, it's like Noguera. When Frank Mayer had him in that Kimura, Frank literally looked at him like, I'm going to break your f-ing arm. Yeah. Like, and yeah. he didn't tap out and he didn't leave him any choice. Yeah. Frank broke yeah. his arm, man. And what happened yes. to Noguera after that? He was never the same. He never came back, he never good. healed fully. Yeah. So, yeah. who's the real loser? There? Yes, in that moment, you're like, whoa, what a champion. But Just bleed. You know, but the, after the break, we are got to discuss this in detail because we've got a real competitive analysis for you. And then right. you, the fans, can decide what is right or wrong.
0: Right, but right.
1: Moving on, dude, touchy
0: feely's fight, man. Come oh, man. on. You know, Touchy, touchy versus Daniel Pineda. His name is
1: Andre Feely. Just in case he's not touchy. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, oh yeah. We, sorry, we keep you know calling what? him touchy Feely. Nobody knows
1: what we're talking. About. Yeah. yeah. What <laughs> well, is Harami? Is all right. Philly,
0: who real little touchy and little Feely out there. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. but you know, I mean, I, these the, I, see. I got uh, a hang on, hang on.
1: I got a question for you. Hang
0: yeah. on. We saw the fight. Andre Chile yeah. really
1: was putting on a bloody clinic. He was yeah. hammering him left, right? He hurt him like some six times in the in that first and second round. Right. Tell me something. Now, I know we're gonna talk about this in deeper detail later, yeah. but tell me, do you think that IPOC was justified in the sense the stoppage was justified?
0: Uh, see, if you ask me, there have been way worse situations, and the doctor has asked the fight to continue. Mm-hmm. So now in this particular situation, there are there are two phases. One is if the doctor feels it's not going to happen. And the second is if the fighter feels he doesn't want to continue. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this situation, I was so confident the fight would go on because Pineda told the doctor, I'm good to go. It will open up. I'm good to go. Let it go. And the doctor who I feel was, you know, like slightly aged on that front and obviously thought it is better for, you know, the fighter to take it easy. He said, no, it's going to be called off. But I did not favor that decision. Again, mm. I'm speaking on this side of the <coughs> fence. I'm not the doctor out here, nor am I official. But as someone who's been involved in a sport, you know, a doctor stopping the Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal fight, I would still agree to it because the cut was very deep. It would have not, you know, it would have True. opened up again. And it would have caused more damage to the or even,
1: Or even, or even Bilal Mohamed and Leon Edwards' eye poke.
0: Oh, that was That, one was, that was very, bad. very bad that was bad however if you know if people uh, you know recollect there was a fight between john jones and dc which had a nasty eye poke
1: there john was, jones and
0: all of john jones fights there was also stepe miochick uh, oh and oh my god uh, you, DC. Know, you know and dc where the third after the one fight, in the fifth round exactly after the fight dc's eyeball was looking in another direction he was he was he was almost wide eyed he couldn't see. He said he couldn't see. He could not see, and that fight went on till the distance. So I felt it was a little premature. I would have liked for it to go on. You know, I agree because longer. you know we've seen guys
1: fight with detached retinas. I remember. I remember long back. Um, I don't know if this would would exist. If this would be allowed in today's version of the sport. But remember, GSP versus Koscheck. Yeah. GSP in the second round broke his orbital bone. And Koshek yes. goes to the corner and he blows his nose. Yes. And he's going and he blows his nose, and his eye explodes like that. Yes. And yes. he's blind in one eye. And he still Man. continued Man. for another three rounds. And the doctor let it go. So, you know, we we'll get back to this discussion a little bit because this is a heavier discussion in, you know, yeah. in the greater good of injuries. But moving right forward, let's get to the heavies. Mantana Bozer came in with a purpose. This is the second time he's fighting in the month of June. And yeah. OSP did not look like the OSP we saw at the no. rise of his career in the light uh,
0: So see, you know, OSP primarily is more of a defensive fighter where he likes to counter. So he likes the fighter to come on him, you know, and his left kind of goes through with his front leg kick. But this time, I mean, I personally feel OSP needs to change his strategy, be the aggressor, because at times when you get someone like Boza, who's very quick on his feet, you know, he... I mean, he very almost, fast. You know, he almost looks like a middleweight moving at uh, at heavyweight. So uh, you know, in this particular scenario, if someone like Bozer had such a good plan, and also because he was on a two-fight skid, he needed to prove a point. He just fought on uh the but dude, of he June. lost
1: those two fights, those two fights and those two fight skids, it's not like he was dominated. Those were razor-thin split decisions, yes, yes, especially exactly. against Irid Latifi. Latifi was a very, yeah. very close fight.
0: Very, very close. A lot close. of
1: people thought that Bozer won.
0: I I personally was one of them. I thought Bozo won that fight, but Latifi yeah. got the decision. You know, kudos, kudos to Latifi because the judges felt that. But in this fight, he completely closed the show. It was round two in about so two there was and a half no minutes, doubt. You know, I mean,
1: it's it's you know, people uh, you know love to go on Twitter and 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 you know they say this and that about OSP. OSP, yes, you're right. He has a certain style, but I think OSP has been banking on his ground game a lot, and we saw that. Yeah. When it went to the ground, though, Tana Bozo started scrambling. He knew yes. that he was yes. in trouble. He knew he had to get out of that situation. And there was a talk about him, you know, grabbing the fence and all that, which which the replay showed that he did not. Yes. And, and you know, Subhash and I, after the break, I'm going to talk about this a little deeper because that's the first topic I'm going to come to. Is yes. you know taking when fighters take advantage of a few rules and break the rules. Yeah. And how debilitating it can be at the
0: for the end result. You know how much can it change an end result. Well, you know, that's that's a very good point because we've seen we've seen Connor with his toes grab the fence. Yeah, I mean
1: that is blatant. You know, that's <laughs> so, blatant. That's like that's why Khabib is but well, can you blame
0: him? It's Khabib. Yeah. khabib yeah. will break the fence with the toes in it still. Well <laughs> to get to you. Well, <laughs> they say you cannot, you know, you cannot hold the fence. They never said that I can't put my toes through the mm. fence. So <laughs> correct. There's a there's a lot you of know?
1: gray areas where the veteran fighters
0: have done this. There are a lot of gray areas. And I don't, and you know, it's very, very common. But you know, that's the best part. You know, that's the best part about the sport of mixed martial arts because it is forever evolving. And I love the fact that, you know, the rules are evolving, you know, the Uh, You know, like the medicals are evolving now a lot of the states are even allowing marijuana you know before the fight and after the fight it's kind of becoming a thing so that's the good part about an evolving sport where it is constantly developing they're always thinking what is good for the sport you know so I love that I love that
1: very true you know but before we come back and discuss the main event with you we're going to quickly get into a small commercial break stay tuned don't go anywhere we'll be right back
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Fighting Goat, episode 18, where Mystic Chips and Superhuman Kamra are in discussion about what's good for the fighters, what's bad for the fighters, some injuries, some rules, some regulations, some modifications, and a lot more other stuff. So Chips, hate it up. You know, we left the last segment
1: and we still had to cover one fight though. Yeah, uh, we spoke about Bozer, and we'll get to it surely. But yeah. uh, quickly, just to hit on Cyril Gan and 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 Cyril Gan and versus Volkov. Yeah. the fight was. Uh, I would say it was a clinic because sometimes when you get two excellent strikers, it cancels one another out.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And
1: sometimes when the skills are so perfectly there, I got to give it to Gan, man. He fought a perfect fight in the sense that he didn't. There was not a scratch on him. There was he. There was yeah. not even he was not even bleeding. He was not hurt. He was never in trouble. He looked like he could go a few yeah. more rounds. But that being said, you know, um, I, I, I've heard Dana say this. You know, when you're on a cusp of a title shot and when you're yeah. trying to make a case for a title shot, yeah. And do you look? You know, we've seen this in the past with some fighters. You know, the fighters of the yesterday year, they didn't care. They went for it. They really yeah. went for it when they knew that they had they could they had a chance to impress. And had Cyril Ghan, like, okay, you know, I know there's a big risk there because Volkov is 6'7 and he's a dangerous kickboxer. And if you take risks in the heavyweight division, you can either it either it pays off or it
0: doesn't. Because you saw what Derek
1: Lewis did to Volkov. In the last five seconds, he knocked him the F out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think I I knocked his mouthpiece out
1: also? Knocked his mouthpiece (laughs) out, knocked his consciousness out. Yeah. And it's hard to do that to Drago, man. Yeah. He's got a yeah. huge, hard chin. And do you think uh
0: Ghan should was, was rightfully criticized for his approach that he takes in his fights? Well, you know, see, as, as I mentioned in the previous segment, that uh the sport of mixed martial arts is not just about winning, but it's about how you win. Now, yeah. you know, there was a time, you know. I mean, we spoke about this before the before the start of this podcast that Anderson Silva had that. Massive win streak. He had some 11-12, you know, title 16 defenses fights. You know, sixteen win streak. You know, so that's eleven title defenses. That is insane. You know, that's insane because there was a time where he fought Damien Maya in Abu Dhabi, yes. which was the slowest fight ever. That fight <laughs> felt it went on for days.
1: Listen, man, you know, Damien Maya scooted on his butt throughout. You're not gonna. You yeah. can't blame Silva.
0: don't blame him well well, that comes a loyalist and a loyalist is here
1: (laughs) but that's the truth man I mean every time Silva
0: (laughs) every time Silva
1: came forward Nibin Maya just fell on his back.
0: well yeah but you know see, Silva is the kind of guy who puts up a show every single time and for him to take that safe route kind of just disappointed Dana White to the extent he said listen I would have never watched that fight as a fan But post that, Silva came back to his being and man, what a show he put up. So the point being that at the end of the day, you have to sell the package. You know, yes, the fighter may be great, but... You know, if you have these two heavyweights and Volkov has put on some muscle on him and he's looking great, he was about 240, 245 pounds. He's now at about 265, which means that additional muscle is obviously gonna look way more intimidating, even though Cyril Ghan is an undefeated kickboxer, undefeated MMA guy. He's six so feet, good, but you know one six the best feet five, kickboxers. You know, I've seen but at the same time, you know, when there's a six foot seven huge guy in front of you, there is going to be that little bit of intimidation which comes into the picture. I felt Cyril Ghan has, in the eyes of the matchmakers, has kind of dropped, you know, in favorability a little bit. Because they know that this gentleman mm-hmm. may not put up a show if he's on a no. pay per view. It may not turn out the way. He... I mean, come on, chips. Let's be honest. If this was in front of a crowd on a main card, you would hear booze all around. You know, you would you would hear booze all around. So I agree. you know, I, agree. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it's, and, it's very and at the possible. end of the day, the matchmakers yeah you know, at the end of the day, the matchmakers need to put up a show for the fans. This is what you're giving them.'m I don't think it makes the cut because if this, if this gentleman had fought someone like Francis Engano, I think maximum round two, he would have finished him off because Engano goes for kill. you yes. know there, there's, no, there's no surprise. See yeah, absolutely.
1: Now Francis himself has always has gone through a stinker himself. I mean when he yeah. faced when he faced Derek Lewis. That was the first time. That was the slowest fight ever. Francis barely mm. threw strikes. It was Derek, you know, leading yeah. up the action. And maybe Francis had become gun-shy because he had lost his previous one as well. And, you know, it, maybe he was, mm-hmm. was gun-shy. Maybe that's the thing. But with Cyril, we've seen a very strategic approach. We've seen a very strategic approach. Now, I understand, you know, sometimes fighters will fight a certain fight because of the way the opponent fights. It's, you know, there are fighters who take big risks and big chances. For great rewards. Yeah. Uh, and, and yes. guys like Derek Lewis will jump into the fire swinging because they trust that chin. Yeah. They've
0: gone they've taken those shots. They've been, they've been through those battles before. Now, Cyril Ghan has well, still also not at been- some level, I feel, you know, at some level, I feel it's the attitude of the fighter, you know, True. like, you know, someone like a Nate Diaz, someone like a Derek Lewis, you know, they don't, of course they want to win. You know, they have the heart to win, but they yeah. don't necessarily aim for that. Yes, I need a 16-2 so and two they, record or I need, see, but know, I need the, to go for a record. See, that's the thing.
1: That's the difference between, we keep saying the difference between the yesterday and the today. Did you care how many times Chuck yeah. lost? lost? Yeah. No, I don't give a shit. Did you care how many no, times Randy no, no, lost? Absolutely no, absolutely not. Do you care how many times Cowboy loses? No. Or Chris Lieben loses? No, because they came and no. put on a show, man. They put on a show. Exactly. If exactly. I still hear, if I still today, if today, okay, maybe not today, but if tomorrow, you know, say five years ago, I heard Shogun versus Henderson,
0: yes, I'll watch that over oh. Cyril Ghan and and Volkov any day, any day. Well, I would watch that even today. I would exactly. watch it today. Exactly, like if they, You know, if they decide to come back and put up a show, <laughs> I'm. I'm, off. I'm on board with that, and I'm just saying is
1: that at the end of the day, Cyril ghan did what he had to do, but. You know, it does not, I feel that you have to do a little more to be able to call the shots. You want to call the shots? Then, you know, it's what Connor said. If you want to be a star, you have to be a proper star.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, in fact, there was a time. You've got to put on that star
1: effort. You've got to put on that star performance.
0: Right. Right. You know what? There was a time where, uh, you know, Derek Lewis was a little angry with DC. And in his last fight, when Derek Lewis won and DC was interviewing him and DC asked him, you know, so Derek, why are you angry with me? And Derek said, you know, DC, because you eat much Popeye's chicken and you diss them, and that's my favorite brand. I mean, what a cool guy. <laughs> you know, what a cool, <laughs> you know, apart from saying his balls are hot. <laughs> you know, I mean, what a character, you know, I mean, these these guys are pay-per-view material and Is you know, they, they are the way they are and... No, nothing, nothing can take it out. That's the thing. You know, people
1: forget. People forget. Like, you know, you want to be the yeah. greatest athlete of all time. Yes. But even GSP realized who is, I would say GSP yeah. the greatest athlete yeah. of all time. But in, in the sport of MMA. But even he realized that he's got to yes. sell the pay-per-views. He's got to become a draw. He needs to put in that marketing time and material, which is why GSP yeah. is one of the richest yeah. fighters in the world. Anderson was lucky. He got spectacular finishes but, that nobody could have
0: seen. So right. he automatically right. became a drop. no, but he. I mean, he's he's and, obviously one of the greatest and, and, and of all and time, then, and he's so flamboyant in his yeah, approach. Yeah. You know, he. You know, he. You know, he may not be a flamboyant Correct. character. He and, was, easy, he, to sell, he was easy to sell. He's a flamboyant fighter. Like for example, his exactly. result spoke for itself.
1: Exactly, his result spoke. His. I mean, all you need. You know, why do you? You, you don't need three paragraphs of words oh, if you've got a front. Kick, front front absolutely. kick to the face. You
0: know, in fact. On the flip side, you, don't you know, need on the flip else. side, corner sells because he's a flamboyant character outside the octagon, also. Nobody really cares whether, you know, whether he wins or loses, yes. but he puts on a show. You know, the press conference is fun, UFC embedded is just more fun. You know, he has his entire drama to the. I can't wait for it to start. You know, he's got his entire drama around the sport. And, ex- you know, that's precisely what I say that winning and losing is one thing, but you need to have brownie points. And that is very, very important for all fighters around the world.
1: That's what I think. So we can sum up the entire Ghan situation. I mean, great fight, great tactical fight. He is nine and or eight and But um, right now, if, in in you know, if it, if we look at it in, in terms of the UFC's yeah. money, while making sense, would it make sense for you know right now? Look, Derek Lewis is most likely going to get is. the next title shot. Yeah. John Jones might, but you never know. The thing is, John yeah. Jones might wake up and say, "Hey, I want the belt." Where if the money makes sense, yeah. suddenly, if they're still, you never know with the UFC, Dana White, yeah. John Jones, it can suddenly happen in the next one month or maybe you never after know. the corner yeah. card, he might say, he might put up a picture. Dana might be having a picture with John Jones saying, great news, right. something's coming up. Right. and then things might change. So, you know, that's the thing. So, so Cyril Ghan saying he wants to wait for the next title shot may not be the best idea.
0: Rather go fight, yeah. get another fight and get a finish to cement that position. Well, apart from all this, we also have Stipe Miocic who's waiting in the wing saying he is going to go for the title shot one more time. So, and as the former champion, you cannot deny him that fact. So, I personally feel, yes, you know, Derek Lewis is going to get the next chance. But that puts Stipe Miocic right out there to see who will the champion face next. And then comes John Jones. If maybe a title element, I don't think so. I don't think so. because, Because Stipe has clearly said he's just waiting for the next title shot, you know. So and I think he's going to go for it one more time after which he just which
1: lost so yeah but I mean he just lost to Francis but it can set up a rubber match you know a trilogy because yes. he won yes. first time Francis won the second time right and they can do the
0: trilogy right right that is that but is But you if, know that being that said so Derek I mean, Lewis that is if Derek Lewis doesn't get past get, it. <laughs> yeah But I'll tell you what,
1: let's, let's quickly get to, uh, you know, uh, you know, the final segment of our, of our, of the meat of our show. Um, When we wanted to talk about the issues that a lot of, that we saw a couple of things this time, you know, with that Pineda eye poke and, uh, and we talked, talked saying fighters don't know sometimes what's best for them. They don't know when to stop because we saw him wanting to get back in there. We saw, uh, and we saw the same thing with uh, Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Where Knee yeah. separated. He was wincing, <laughs> and he still continued. Do you think, at this point, like, do you think referees and fighter referees and coaches and doctors need to be a little more vigilant to stop a fighter
0: from injuring himself further? So, you know, that's a very, very good point because there have been times where see uh normally normally what happens in a fight is that you know your your adrenaline is so high that you don't know how bad the injury is uh and at the same time there are some of these guys who are so hungry to win who are out there that says listen i'm fine let me just go because they are they currently in that zone you know so i do believe yes that the coaches or uh, you know or the corners of the fighter along with the doctors and the referee need to have this correct ecosystem that they build around the fighter to decide what is best for him or her. But at the same time, I feel that the ecosystem, of course, you know, I completely believe in the coaches and corner because they've been with the fighter for a very, very long time. But the referee and the doctor need to be someone who are experienced, who have, you know, witnessed a sport in a manner where yes, they can take that call because at times, you know, I mean, we saw it on this card. A lot of people trashed this entire Pineda issue because it did not look serious. Of course, it may have been serious, but as fans, we may say, no, you know, we've seen stuff which is much worse. But at the same time, if the doctor has 100% control and he says, you know, I need to call this off, then I'm sorry. But as the rules go, yes, you have to call it off. But at the same time, if there was little more experience...
1: Do do you remember the... the a DC fight DC's eye was he was blinded yes uh, do you yes. remember do you remember GSP Koscheck where, oh. where GSP punched him I was swollen in here lethal
0: do you
1: remember fights with like guys like John Jones and you know I mean I, it's I mean, it's a mean thing to say but who has he not eye poked you know I mean yeah. who has he not yeah. eye poked at this point yeah, yeah. He, was yes. the, he was the most admonished fighter for eye poking right the, the rule of putting your hands upwards in the air was because of John Jones
0: Got it, got it. You know, and honestly, the guy so, has like reach of like 84.5. So, I mean, nobody can anyways come next to him even if he puts his arm out. from in, a block away, man. You know, in spite of that, the fingers were out and I understand that. You know, like fingers are out like this, you know. So Can't I help compl- it,
1: dude. Even when we sparred, even when we sparred, I mean, it's a range finder.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just natural.
1: My hand doesn't naturally go like this. Exactly, My hand will go like this only. Exactly. And, exactly. And until they do something about the gloves, you know, but that'll never happen. It'll never happen. If you want to be able to grapple, if you want to be able to grapple, the fingers have to be out. That's yes. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As they simple as out. that. You know, as simple as that.
1: And but but to you know, to conclude this entire thing, I mean you've got guys like Pinita who are so tough. You've got guys like Tony who are mega, mega tough. And you got you saw the Chris Liebans and the Chuck Liddells of the old. Yeah. When does it come? When does the time come, man, for these guys? I mean, as a father, look at Anderson Silva. He yeah. got he was he left the UFC, got into boxing, and showed that he still had the chops to survive. But he's 47 years old. My God. And you know? It's at 47 to show skill to be able to do that. But he's also taken and he's lucky because he took barely took any damage through his career. It's right. maybe in his last two, three fights only. Right, right. And, so typically and, and typically, and then you see guys like Vandy and yeah, Chris oh, Yes. Who have taken damage, no who took damage, no whose arm was broken into two, yeah, who took damage. Yeah. When does the time come for these guys to stop? Who tells them to stop?
0: See, you know, that is that is such a good question because asking uh a fighter to stop almost gets to the point that you're hurting their ego. Because yeah. what, what usually happens is that. You know, when you have such a close bond with a fighter, you know, who's been with you for seven years, eight years, 10 years at times, you know, it comes right. to a point where the fighter, of course, you know, because they've taken so many shots, they are, you know, they're not always normal people to have a conversation with. So they're it, punchy. You know, so it comes to a point where they start questioning the coach and saying, oh, so you don't think I'm good enough? You know, yeah. you think, you know, you think I can't put up a show? You no, think but, I can't beat uh, this no, guy? But come on. I mean, come on. I think what, what uh,
1: Dana did for Chuck was the best thing. I mean when he got knocked out by Rich Franklin in that yeah. last fight. Yeah. I think and and you know it's it, it's it's sad to see when a fighter wakes up. You know when you wake up off the mat when you're knocked yeah. out you wake up and ask you where you are firstly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And
1: and, and Chuck Chuck Liddell was a guy who you could, who you were able to hit with a baseball bat and yeah. he's standing in front of you suddenly gets dropped by a jab and
0: yeah. asking where he is. You know, there was you also know, this very vicious the, knockout of Chuck Liddell where Rashad Evans knocked oh him out with God. that overhand right. And Dude, then, Rashad and then Shogun immediately oh. after that. You know, this. so this is all permanent. It's all permanent brain damage. And honestly, I feel that, you know, the moment a coach really sits down with a fighter and says, listen, you know, we need to talk about some things. I think it just needs to be a very transparent, open-ended conversation. I certainly believe someone like, you know, Anderson Silva cannot be convinced that he has to stop fighting. So it has to be Dana White who says, listen, yeah. I have to cancel your contract did, because I care correct. for you. You know, I care for you. Exactly.
1: And, and he did the right thing. And people were like, oh, you yes. know, why the f- did you do that? Why did Dana do that? I'm like, you people are idiots. Anderson doesn't need the money. He has millions and millions and millions of dollars. He's got multiple gyms. He's got endorsement deals. He's got yeah. probably statue of <laughs> him in Brazil. Yeah, and, and he doesn't need the money, dude. It's his time is done. I feel sad for the guys who had to go who go who, who are still fighting in the late. Like, like you know, like you know, it, it's 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 hard. It's fighting is a hard sport, man. Yeah, and and is, if you're is. if you're fighting late in into your 40s for the money, that becomes a problem. Now yes. there you can't stop a fighter. Yes. Because he's yes. gonna do what he has to do. Right. And you know, I mean, like it's hard. Like it's, it's like Melvin Manhoff is still fighting. At you know, Melvin Manhoff,
0: or, you, know? you know, you know, even someone like a Diego Sanchez, you know, I mean, till he was cut because of this yeah. entire issue, you know, Dude, he's trying to go to BKFC now. Oh man, he's gonna go to
1: BKFC. So
0: it's just I mean, after Matt damage. Brown
1: knocked him out with that elbow, I mean, that Matt Brown's elbow,
0: god man, it was horrible, you know, the way you know he but fell. You know, but coming back to the point, I just I just feel that the ecosystem needs to be very transparent that the coach and you know the the referee and the doctor just need to be on the same page before calling off a fight. If a fighter really needs to hang up his gloves, it just needs to be a very transparent conversation. Yes, it's not going to be the easiest conversation. You know, it's like, you know, it's like Ravi Sharsi telling Sachin look at that, listen, please sit out for one match because you are not well. And that's a very difficult yeah, conversation sure. to have, you know, but it, it needs to be done. You know, who says, who if, says yeah, fighting is an easy life
1: no it's not it's, it's it's in fact one of the worst things in the world and 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 and, and mental diseases like pte which is a, a is post traumatic epilepsy yeah you oh. see you see it creeping into even the younger fighters who fight recklessly yeah. like i was talking yeah. to gary mangath about it yes and yes. he was telling me that you know like like when i was like you know 2 years ago the yeah. thing that i was doing with my hand yeah. and he saw his hand starting to tremble a little bit yeah like it was shaking in a direction and i was like and i said oh shit and then he said that's what made me realize that I need to cut this short. I can't do this for much longer and I gotta fight smarter. Right, right. He right. can't get into brawls. He can't get start getting rattled. Because there are some guys that can take it. But look at Nate Diaz, even though, you know, even though he looks healthy, he is healthy. Yeah. I just, it's just some guys can take it and some and I, like out of a hundred guys, 98 can't take it. Correct. Two guys can. Like Got two it. freaks that can. And Nate Diaz is an absolute freak.
0: Yeah, he's absolute a freak of, freak of nature. Of nature. So, you know,
1: <laughs> Full freak of nature. And even, the see, we all love the Yuri Prohaskas and the Chris Liebens and the Wanderlei Silvas. And, and, you know, the hard-hitting maniacs of the yesterday. But, you know, anybody who gets into the sport must understand that, you know, it's, we love to talk about it. We love the blood sport angle, but... There is a very sobering reality of injuries in this. Sport. Yes, oh Your yes. Hands, we spar one day. Sumesh and I are already feeling the bruises. Yeah, Our hands yeah. are aching. Our hands are aching. Our bodies are aching a little bit. Those are normal, you know, growing pains. But yeah. it's the it's when you start getting hurt, getting knocked out when you spar without you know headgear or or mouth guards or don't have you know spar recklessly. Yeah. Or you yeah. get to unsanctioned fights with bad referees. The, this is the reality of the sport. Not everybody fights in the greatest organization in the world. Yeah. And a lot of fighters who start off fighting in the minor leagues do not have proper referees, are not sanctioned properly. The fight injuries are real. They don't have insurance. So it's, you know, before you think of, do you really want to be a fighter? Think hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And think you know, in fact, in fact, that gets me to the second point, Chips, is the co-main event of the evening had this controversy of Boza putting his hand on the cage and getting up. And of course, you know, like Owen St. Pru had him down. He put his hand on the cage. He got up and post-fight, Owen St. Pru actually challenged that and and he requested the commission. He's put in a formal complaint saying that the decision has to be overturned because he grabbed the cage. However, we saw multiple angles where the cage is not really grabbed. He just put it on the cage. He just this put his hand he on the had cage. had a closed fist.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Closed his fist, fist was on the closed.
0: Cage.
1: But I think the controversy began where Jason Herzog, you know, they touched when a, when a referee Eggs. touches the fighter, touches the back of a fighter. It's usually a, a signal to the fighter yeah. to stop. Or yeah. he wants to pause the action or something. Yeah. And he did that for that second. And within that
0: one second, Tanner Bozer used that opportunity to get back up. So is that a gray area in the sport where experienced mm-hmm. fighters can use it to their advantage? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Now, now, I would say, you know, it's Jason Herzog's, there was an error made by the referee and because they're human too, man. He saw a moment yeah. where he yeah. thought something was happening. So he thought he'd stop it. But in that split second, realized, oh, it was not that big a deal. Well, we've also
0: seen this in the past a couple of times. It's not the first time it has happened. You know, it's happened multiple times in the past. Where you know, I mean, Herb Dean has done it. uh, Dan Mergliata has done it. Eve Levine still does it. Eve Levine has done it. In fact, even uh, Big John McCarthy. You know, where they touch, where they want to touch the fighter, and. Pull back, but it has all, you know, the contact yeah, has already like been that, made. Like that. You know, exactly. Just, exactly. Yeah. That second. Yeah. 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 I,
1: and yeah. I don't, and you know, Tanner was smart, you know, he, he took the opportunity, got back to his feet and, but that fence grab or not grab. And I don't even know why it's being made into a controversy because it's not like he grabbed the fence, turned around and need him. Like Allah, Jose Aldo, Chad. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. Dude, yes that yes. was blatant. Like <laughs> Aldo literally grabbed the fence while he was in the air, landed, yeah. The minute he, I remember, uh, I remember Chad Mendes had his back when the body lock. He took his arm, turned around, and hit him in the face.
0: Mad, fight yeah, fighter's you know these these grungy Bronx kind of <laughs> Brazilian guys, man. You can't you know, from the no. ghetto. Cheat, cheat. I don't care. <laughs> the
1: thing is that the, the the smartest fighters know how to slightly twist play with it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at Jones. Look at Jones. He Understands very clearly. Like even in the back in the day, you know for a cup check, basically a groin shot, you're going to get one warning because oh, it was inadvertent. Yeah. Guys yeah. like Check Congo did that in the clinch all the time. All the time. <laughs> he wouldn't need you at least once because after that, he knows you're not going to be normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These were tactics, they're dirty power. Correct. It's right. not the best thing in the world. Yeah. But it happens. It's yeah, part of the know, sport. But and yeah, you know we aren't we aren't encouraging this. Okay. You know, guys, no, we are no, not we are not
0: encouraging this. So you know, please. Uh, Mystic <laughs> Chips and Superhuman Camera we're, are not... We're just telling pushing. you what has happened. Yeah. We just told you what has happened. Please do not grab the fence. It's going to be illegal. Do not quote us. Depends. Yeah. Depends
1: who is... I mean, if you've got like Islam market chip trying to take you down, grab it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's going to pull the fence down. Your hand will still have a piece of the fence stuck on it. Because he'll cut the fence and take it down. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, you know, to all the budding fighters, please don't grab the fence. It is not a legal take move, you, but in uh, this particular you situation, see
1: a chance, do it. You
0: know, you know, you looking, look, you can looking can at all the
1: angles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Fine. I'm giving bad advice. Yeah. But I'm just saying is that we've seen a lot of fighters use it, but you know, there's using it for a, a blatant advantage is what the, Athletic commissions and the referees are saying at, no to yes, yes. because what Aldo did against Mendez in the first fight, if he does that today, that's a clean disqualification. Absolutely. Because it was a clear advantage of using that.
0: Absolutely. But yes, I
1: didn't yes. I don't think what Tanner did was a clear because he was already getting on his way to getting up.
0: Right. Right. He was right. already
1: on his way to getting up and he just got up and he didn't put his hand in the cage.
0: Yeah. You know.
1: So correct. there's no discussion correct. there. The discussion should be when the Jason Herzog touched them. Was, was he told to stop or not?
0: That's very all. true. Very true. So from our point of view, after seeing multiple replays, we see that he's not really grabbed the fence, but he used that extra one seconds to shoot up exactly. and close the show with a very capable Owen St. Prue in round two. And, and
1: speaking of closing the show, my friend, we are quickly going to go into a commercial break, but come yeah. back with you with a couple of fun things and a teaser for UFC 264 so don't go anywhere we'll be right
0: back after a small commercial break Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the last segment, episode 18, where we've discussed some such good stuff and very knowledgeable stuff. stuff. And I've really enjoyed this conversation because Mm. there is stuff that we didn't know about. And that was discussed by a very knowledgeable mystic chip. We all have. No, but that's the
1: thing. See, you. the thing is that it's, you know, it's... We would we would love to open the you know open it up for discussion yeah that's what that's what uh, that's what the sport is for we may be analysts and we may you know we do different roles in different different channels and stuff right right but at the end of the day it doesn't begin unless you're a fan and yes yes being a and the thing about mm-hmm. being fans is you have to keep everything open you must right. be able to talk and that's why we encourage all our listeners all our viewers come guys talk to us what do we need to do we've already got gifts lined up for you We've Ooh. got a fridge magnet coming out, which you know it's, you can kind of post it on your fridge. Take a selfie, and if you do that, you get your chance to be on the show with us.
0: Yes. What do yes. you say, Mister Kamra? Absolutely, take part in the contest. Talk to us. Five lucky winners <laughs> are going to get five awesome, cool, fighting goat fridge magnets. Yes. Courier directly to them. You guys need to take a selfie, tag us, hashtag us, tag IVM podcast. And one of the lucky winners will be on the show with us discussing the fastest growing sport in the world.
1: Exactly. And and, and by the way, stay tuned guys on our Instagram handles. We're going to be, Mr. Kamara and I have started sparring. We're going to be doing a few things, some yes. techniques, some fun, usually basically just beating the crap out of each other because we yes. have to do that. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's great exercise too. And by God, I need that for sure. Yeah. I need to start getting back. <laughs> Into fighting goat shape. But yeah. that being said, do follow us on our social media. My Instagram is Arjun underscore My Twitter is at
0: Mystic Chippal. Go Somesh. Well, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, somesh.kamra. And on Twitter, it is somesh underscore kamra. And IVM podcast on all handles. Absolutely. So guys, stay
1: tuned. We've got... UFC 264 coming down the line, but we are not yet ready for that. Our predictions, and we are dedicating a whole show for it next week. So, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about Poirier, Cormier, Wonderboy Thompson, Gilbert Burns, and Sumesh Kamra's favorite, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but that being said, sir, we have come to the end of episode 18 of The Fighting Goat. Don't forget to tune in to ivm.ivmpodcast.com for such more content, for lots more fighting content. This is Arjun aka Mystic Chippercutti and superhuman Someshkamra, Kamra saying sayonara, ciao and have a good day.